All right, welcome into Grace Fellowship's podcast, Pastor Doug Talks About. Today, Pastor Doug is going to be talking more about Grace Fellowship's story. So if you were here this Sunday with us at church, you heard a little bit about Grace Fellowship's really testimony as a church over the last 30 plus years, what's been going on at Grace Fellowship, what brought us to this point, and where we're at now. So that is a very fun sermon because it's it's not the first time you've you've preached on that, Pastor Doug. You actually have talked about it many times over the years. In fact, it has been as part of your message. This is the message you talk about every year, January, first Sunday of the year, to kind of get the ball rolling with the church again. So what I want to do today is unpack that a little more since there was only about 40 minutes of message time. I know you felt like you had to skip through a bunch of stuff and not exactly go into much detail on certain things, maybe even skip over things entirely. So this is kind of your behind-the-scenes episode on the sermon and talking about uh, what Grace Fellowship's story is and where we're going right now. So Pastor Doug, welcome in. Thanks for joining us today. This is your chance to tell us a little bit about why you choose to do this sermon in the first place every year. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it is it is really one of the, it is the funnest sermon I do every year. Fun for me. I don't know if anybody else likes it, but they haven't fired me yet and I keep doing it every year. Well, I've listened to it for 30 years now. Well, not every year, I guess, but pretty much every year. <laughs> and I, it is one of my favorites every year. So I yeah, it, for me, it's inspiring. And, and, uh, I live through all of this and yet the telling of the stories just reminds me to dwell a little bit more on who God is and what God does instead of thinking about all of the challenges and all of the problems and all the things I don't know the answers to. Instead, I get a chance to really think about the fact that God shows himself strong and he has done it again and again and again. And the Grace Fellowship story <clears throat> is really just a continuation of the church's story for 2000 years. So for me, it's inspiring. And one of the reasons is that I think you can, you can get a, a lot of uh, sense of what God is going to do based on looking back and seeing what God has done. I think last week I talked about the fact that every path leads somewhere. So looking back and going, what has the path been about helps you to get a sense of the direction that God has been pointing you all along, the things God is blessing. You get a better sense of his heart when you look back and get a sense of what he's been doing. Yeah. Like I said, this has been one of my favorite sermon series, if you want to consider it a sermon series. Um, 33 years? Yeah, that's a sermon years. series. Part 33 was this year um, because it was your first sermon you ever talked about was titled, Where Do We Go From Here? And you talk, spoke on Philippians 1.6, which is a great encouragement to the church, talking about how God is going to complete all the good works he's started terribly paraphrasing that, but you get it. For I am confident it. of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. There we go. This is why we pay him the big bucks. <laughs> I'm just here hosting. Uh, so that that's kind of your root of that sermon. And from that, you talked about, you know, where you were when you started as a very young pastor, not knowing what was to come, not even necessarily being the head pastor just yet, um, and just having a lot of uncertainties going, but you were certain in the fact of knowing who God was. And then you took us on a journey of the next 33, 32 years of 
where Grace Fellowship has gone. And we talked about being on, you know, obtaining our first campus in Roland Heights and then how the culture completely changed there. And we ended up launching a Chinese and a Korean ministry there. And both of those exploded while the English uh, congregation did not explode because there wasn't very many English speakers around there or at least native English speakers. So then we ended up coming out to Duarte later uh, after giving the property up to those uh, congregations. And now we've been in Duarte for the last 16 years, something like that. <laughs> 2006. So really it was December 2006. So if we call that the beginning of 2007, this is our 17th year here. Yeah. yeah. So crazy. Um, but the, you know, I completely skipped over all the details. You even in telling all that skipped over so many of the details. So in the, you know, message, what were some of the details that you may have left out that come to mind that you were really kind of would love to talk more about here or just maybe you find really interesting? Well, one of the first things that comes to mind as you ask that question is something that I just learned yesterday. So we, we're telling these stories of Grace Fellowship that go back all these decades. But just yesterday, I got an email from a lady in our church who's been a part of our church now for about the last year. And she's uh, a Chinese American. And she told me that when she came to the United States, she actually went to this Chinese church in Roland Heights, and that's where she heard the gospel and gave her life to Jesus. And it was the same church that we planted back in 1993. And I just wanted to do backflips. It was so exciting to see God's activity, how many people have come to know Christ, and now here we are just continuing in that ministry. So that was one of the really cool things that I just learned yesterday that just makes me, again, see the hand of God, get excited about what God is doing. And I, and I think, you know, we can touch on, and maybe we will today, touch on some of the, the specifics of, of what God has done in our church's life. But if if we start from the general and move in, I would say that the general picture has been that we have made a lot of plans. And by the way, I didn't really emphasize this in the sermon yesterday, but I think it's appropriate that you make plans. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to do the best we can as stewards of what God has given us to make the plans that we can make. But it has been amazing now that you look back to realize how often we made plans and we just did not have information that wasn't available to us. We didn't know what the future held. We didn't know what was going to happen next. We didn't know what was going on in the background, but God knows all of that stuff. Yeah. And so the scripture says that man makes his plans, but God directs his steps. And we've seen that in Grace Fellowship over and over again. Yeah. So that's a great example of what you were just talking about with um, the woman who has a testimony from essentially Grace Fellowship's planting church and we didn't even know about it you know that wasn't in our plans you weren't even expecting to hear anything about it super cool and super crazy and random it seems like but also it just shows like you said god's doing work behind the scenes that we don't see and i think sometimes especially some of those big things that seem so scary to us or seem so not what we planned for end up we can look back at and say wow Thank God, literally, that he did this and didn't let us go through with our plans. You know, there's people who have come through this church um, as big parts of the staff or big parts of people who serve here, or just big families, 
we're no longer here, and we obviously were sad when they left under whatever circumstances those were, whether it's being missionaries, finding a new church, moving away, uh, getting a new job, different things like that. A lot of them have come up over the years, and yet we are in a place now where we'd all probably look back, and I'm sure they'd look back and say, man, I'm so grateful that's what God was doing. Can you think of any specific times where that may have been the case where you look back now and it would have been something that you admittedly were like, I don't think this is going to plan. And now you're like, I'm glad this didn't go to plan. Yeah, there there are literally probably a good dozen examples I could come up with quickly on that one. And if I thought carefully, probably 50 examples. Yeah. But uh, one that comes quickly to my mind is back when we were in the city of Roland Heights uh, we had really a, a small group of key leaders that were doing a lot of the ministry in the church. And remember, these are years when we're investing in Korean and Chinese ministry, and the English ministry still mattered. We were still doing the best that we could to minister to people, make disciples, and all of that. But uh, but there were just fewer. And so there are fewer people to do all the work of the ministry. So we had a a family in our church where the husband was an elder and the wife was our women's ministry director. And uh, then we had another family in our church where uh, they were leading our youth ministry, the husband and wife, and they were our worship leaders. And within 24 hours, both of those couples independently sat down with me and said, hey, we don't know how to tell you this, but the Lord is calling us to move and we're going to be moving away and we're not going to be here. They were over half the ministry team between the four of them. And and in both cases, I looked at them and said, don't worry, God's got something in planned and it's going to be great. And we're so excited. Thanks for all you've done. Let me pray for your future and all of that. And, and yet by the time I was done with the second conversation, I, I was fighting back tears. I literally looked at my wife and said, I just don't see how the church survives this. And the amazing thing is that as wonderful as those people are, and, and they're still treasured friends, but they were holding places in ministry in the church that other people were did not know they were ready to raise up into. And the Lord raised up new people, and there was new ideas and new excitement, and, and that has happened again and again and again right up till those last few years. Yeah. And, and, and we've talked about this quite a bit, um, and I was candid about it even in Sunday's sermon, that, that you know, once, once 2020 hit and we went through the COVID crisis— there was a certain degree to which we felt like the combination of COVID and the loss of key people was pretty overwhelming. So during that whole time, you know, we had a uh, a pastor on staff, Ricky McDonald, who was absolutely essential to most of what we were doing ministry-wise. He had been here for many years. He and his family were well-loved. He wore a ton of hats around here. Um, And we had recently added a staff member, both of these guys in the music side and the the technical side. Um, uh, Stephen was also added during that time. And within just a, 
a few months of each other, they both felt called to leave. And and here we were just trying to get through COVID. And then and then basically two thirds of the staff leaves. And you just shake your head and go, God, how do we do this? And and I don't I don't really like this this word picture, but it's the best one I can come up with. There were times during the major part of COVID and during the time that, w- that we were dealing with Stephen and Ricky being gone, that I felt like as a church, we were just dog paddling. Mm-hmm. It's not like we were swimming anywhere. We were just trying to keep our head above water, keep meeting the needs of the people that we had to, you know, that we had in the church to care for and in the community. But we didn't launch any new programs. We didn't start any outreaches. We didn't do much in terms of uh, extreme evangelism or anything like that because we were just trying to not fold and stay alive as a church. And and as probably many people know, a ton of churches did not survive those those couple of years. And so you look at all of that that we went through, and during the time that we're dog paddling, we lose our key leaders. And now I look back and I and I see number one, we went a year without a staff member as a worship leader. And the volunteer worship team came together in ways I never could have imagined. And the worship was fantastic during that time because people stepped up and all of them grew and they became more cohesive so that by the time God sent us Nick Burns as a worship leader, uh, that the worship team was not in disarray. There were not, you know, it wasn't a crisis we had to solve. It was just now a matter of, of taking someone who could give more focus and more energy and bring his talents to that and lead that team, which is happening now. And so amazing things are happening in that way. Uh, you, my son, Garrett, uh, went from being an intern to being an the essential full-time member of our staff during that time. And now as director of ministries in the church, you lead so many things that uh, I had no, I would have no idea how we would do it if you weren't here. And yet I would have said the same thing about Ricky before he was gone. And so it's really astonishing to realize this. I've been here for three decades plus and I know that for some people, they when they think of this church, they always think of me as part of that picture. But if I was to get hit by a bus tomorrow, I hope that doesn't happen. But if it did, God is, right? <laughs> God is not finished with what he started here. And I say that with absolute confidence because I can look back and go, all those other times it looked like something, it was insurmountable. Nothing is insurmountable for God. Yeah. And he completes the good work he begins. Yeah, and that's the theme of your sermon, right? That's such an encouraging thing to hear at the beginning of every year, especially every year it brings new challenges, obviously. I mean, talked a little bit about that last week with our, you know, talking about New Year's resolutions and all that stuff. It seems like it's always a good time to be like, oh, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to finally do this. But it also comes with the, oh, I haven't been able to do this. So we're kind of in a pickle right now. Oh, man, I just, you know, the New Year... there's a lot of encouragement that needs to be had, I feel like. Um, and I always find this such an encouraging reminder of what God has done for us and what he continues to do for us. So um, with that said, do you think that there's any vision you might be able to cast upon the congregation right now with, hey, this is what I feel like God is doing at this church and where, you know, again, 
man makes plans. You know, God can change things, obviously. But is there any any bit of encouragement you have for the congregation of what, what we're going right now? Thanks for asking that. Some of the vision that I have is related to the fact that I've seen God stirring in certain areas. Uh, and when I talk about this vision, I'm talking about vision for the congregation. But um, one of the things that God has taught us over the decades is that it's not about Grace Fellowship. It's just simply bigger than that. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about his glory. And, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. And and he's using an individual example there, what you eat, what you wear, and, and that sort of thing. But the principle applies. We are to seek the kingdom of God. We're not building the kingdom of grace fellowship here. And so what we've seen happening at the really during 2023, these beginnings of rustlings that God has been doing is that uh, our heart for missions is he's, he's really pulling on it. And so we've always been a church that has had a heart for missions. We've always been involved in missions, but for many years, it was just normal and common that either uh, small groups of people were going on mission trips together. Uh, I was traveling almost every summer to another country and doing missions work. Uh, various different people were doing that. Uh, some of the missionaries that we support were in our church on a regular basis so we could get a chance to hear from them and all that. But again, as COVID came around and we sort of moved into dog paddling mode, we continued to financially support those missions causes. But I think the general sense of that being on a front burner for us sort of went away. And I think God is really calling us to move that back to the front burner. And one of the things I want to see happen is that I want to see all of us in this church, and particularly I'm thinking of young people, children, teenagers, young adults, and I'm thinking we've got to get everybody back to a place where we think of kingdom work first and local church work second. And so the kingdom, how God is building the kingdom, that means that some of us might be called to actually get up and move to another place. It means that some of us might be called to go on a short-term trip. Some of us might be called to change our family budget so we can financially support something that's going on in another place. Some of us might be called to pray. But but we recently added this world map to our to our children's ministry room so that the kids are seeing every Sunday when they come in here, there's a whole world out there that God wants to reach. And I really want to see us picking that ball up more. It was such a blessing to see Nick go to Ukraine last year. Uh, we, we, for the first time, were the sending church for a missionary family who went full-time into the field in uh, Bowen Mem, the Ellisons. And, uh, and that's exciting. And I really think God's trying to ratchet up what we're doing in terms of just having a heart for things that are not just here, but beyond here. And clearly, I want to keep ministering to people in Roland, Roland Heights. How funny that's oh, on my too. mind. I want to keep ministering to people in Duarte and the San Gabriel Valley. I want to, there's so many people lost who need Christ. There's ways for us to do missions work just across the street. But we have to remember God has a heart for the nations and he has called us to make disciples of all nations. And so um, 
just getting our emphasis back on missions, getting it first in our heart again is a really big part of my vision uh, for this year. And that's not the kind of thing that maybe makes people go, oh, that sounds so fun. Well, it kind of sounds costly, but it really is. It's about what got where God's heart is and what he's doing. And it's really fun for me to see him stirring in that way again. Yeah. And, you know, you did touch on there's still his work to do here locally in the church, too. Um, one of the ways that we try to facilitate that with this big picture mindset too is our family Sundays that we have periodically. We actually have one coming up in February. We're going to be baptizing people. We're going to um, be taking on new members to the church and we're going to be dedicating children to the Lord. And this is part of that big picture of, you know, getting people ready, sending them out, um, you know, working on working with people here and helping equip them as disciples so that's exciting. That's one thing, you know, my job is more the actual Doherty part of that. Uh, so maybe that's where my mind is always focused on, but I'm really excited about that um, and that we offer that so frequently here at Grace Fellowship. Well, and the cool thing is it's not either or. It's all a part of this big yeah. picture that God has. The way that God reaches the nations is through the local church. Mm -hmm. The local church is still the center of his plan to make disciples of all nations. And so people getting coming to know Christ, people getting baptized, people getting discipled, people joining Bible studies, families getting uh, nurtured and healed, kids getting introduced to Jesus. All of that stuff that happens in the local church uh, contributes to the larger picture. And that's one of the things that we've seen over these decades at Grace Fellowship is that God will will sometimes bring someone to our church. They come to know Christ, maybe. They get discipled. They get their first uh, feet wet in ministry. They learn. They get to see the things that God does. They get uh, they grow in their maturity, and then God will move them to someplace else. And, and I can say very, very honestly that it is a rare occasion when somebody who's been a committed part of our church leaves because they're unhappy. It's almost always because God is doing something new and sending them somewhere. And so to me, that's exciting. There are people all over the United States. We, it's fun at Christmas time. We get Christmas cards from people that used to be on staff here, people that uh, we led to Christ here, people that are uh, got discipled here. And now they're serving as pastors and missionaries and teachers and business people all over the country and all over the world and it is unbelievably exciting to see how that happens. Even we talked so much about the Korean and the and the uh, Chinese churches. Uh, I'm still in touch and in 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 real friendship with numerous people from those days in those congregations. Many of whom are back in Korea or back in China now. And God is continuing to do work there. So the strategy is we're going to love every person he puts near enough for us to touch. We're going to go out of our way to invest in that. And, and you know, really the word investment applies. It, it is sacrificial. It, it means that we're going to have our view on eternal things and not just temporary things. And that might mean for some of us, hey, we're going to keep driving an older car so that we can give more to support ministry. Or we're going to say no to that side hustle so we can volunteer at the church. Or we're going to spend time getting together with people and not letting that be just about fun and games. But there's going to be a spiritual component to the things we're doing in our relationships. Those are the things we need to be doing. I'm I'm more excited heading into 2024 than I have been since 2019. 
I felt like we've been mostly dog paddling now for the better part of three years, maybe the better part of four years. And I think that we are now really, you say, well, what's coming up? I think we went from almost standing still to walking to jogging to running. And now it's like we're, we're ready to sprint. And, and I, I think that's true of us as a congregation. And I think it's true of many of us individually. That doesn't mean we're not struggling. We don't have hardships that all the questions are answered. But I think that there's this sense of God moving in powerful ways and that it's really going to be time to just go, okay, let's go with God now. Let's not just make it about me and what I'm getting out of the services and all that kind of stuff. But how do I actually get involved? Maybe in my family, maybe in my neighborhood, maybe in the workplace. How do I get involved in kingdom work that God is doing? Yeah. And that's powerful. So let this be a sign to you. If you're not involved yet, get involved in some way or another, especially at the start of this year, it's no better time to do it, right? There's grace groups, there's Bible studies, there's ministry opportunities. There's a place for you to get involved at Grace Fellowship or your local church, wherever you might be. So I encourage you to do so. But as far as what's going on at Grace Fellowship this year, we did just finish up a a long sermon series on the life of David. Didn't and seem that long to was, me. No, it was great. <laughs> it was a great sermon series on the life of David, but it's over now. Um, and you just yeah, preached. It turns out David died yeah, at some point. Kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, but you just preached a standalone sermon, what you do every year. So what's next then? Is there another series coming up? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? There is, and I'm super pumped about it. It sounds like a commercial. Thanks for teeing up a softball for me. But it, I'm really pumped about it because uh, the greatest sermon ever preached was preached by a guy named Jesus. And it's recorded for us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we've come to know it as the Sermon on the Mount. It makes me laugh now because when that first year that I served as a pastor, I started preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. And, and I was a young preacher just learning how to do this, and I was pretty much just perusing uh, um, books and and trying to get a sense of, you know, what is this sermon all about? Pre-internet days. It, books existed. Yeah, actual books. It's, uh, it took me a year and a half to preach through those three chapters. So here's my promise. It will not take a year and a half this time. But uh, there, there is so much gold in what Jesus had to say. He basically, in the Sermon on the Mount, was saying, listen, I know you've thought about life this way, but it's totally different than you realize. And he uncovers some um, secrets to actually productive and uh, joyful living in the Sermon on the Mount that uh, apply to us tremendously today. And so we're going to dig into a series on the Sermon on the Mount, and I cannot wait. It's very, very practical, very inspiring, and uh, we're going to learn a lot. Awesome. Well, we are going to be taking side bets. Uh, the over-under will be eight months on the series. So if you're interested, <laughs> contact me. We're opening a, a sports book here. Yeah, we're also doing that <laughs> Just a little side hustle. Yeah, we'll give the money to missions. Yeah, sure. Oh, so, or something. <laughs> or yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll or see. We might take a vacation. Yeah, Who knows? Well, well, thank you, Pastor Doug. I'm excited for this next sermon series on Sermon on the Mount and just for what 24 has in store for us. So um, be really exciting. Can't wait. 
And with that, I will see you guys next week, or you'll hear me next week. I don't know. I'm still figuring out what to say at the end of these, so. You could say goodbye. I could. All right. Let's try that. All right. Ready? Goodbye, everybody.